listeners, and welcome to Ohio Mysteries. We will get to our episode in a moment, but first, Paula and I appreciate all of the continued support out there. We have over a million downloads, and we want to keep growing. If you could leave a positive rating on our podcast, we would greatly appreciate it. Also, tell a friend or family member about our show. Now, let's throw another log on the fire, campers. Let's dig up a new mystery. I'm your co-host, Steve Yoder, and with us, as always, is our award-winning journalist who spent 30 years telling these kinds of stories with the Akron Beacon Journal, Paula Schleiss. Hi, everybody. Not long ago, we had an episode about paper towns. Those are those non-existent hamlets that are added to maps for a variety of reasons. Most of the time, they are copyright traps. It's a way for a map maker to know if another cartographer is stealing his map design because they repeat a fake town name that had been slipped in. In Ohio's case, a couple of fake town names showed up in the state's northwest corner when a mischievous Michigan state officeholder wanted to take a jab at Ohio State fans. The map with the imaginary towns of Go Blue and Beat OSU are now a collector's item. Tonight, our episode is kind of the reverse of that. It's about a town you won't find on any map because it only lives in the hearts and minds of those who dwell there. More than 50 years ago, the locals wanted this name so bad, they simply started using it. Even today, you'll find it in obituaries, news stories, and features. Folks who proudly and confidently give their hometown as the mythical Fizzleville, Ohio. Fizzleville, according to the folks who live within its imaginary borders, is a wide bend in the road of eastern Brown County. That's in southwest Ohio, right on State Route 763. If you follow the winding two-lane road just south of Schofield Road, you'll find a homemade sign on the side of the road letting you know when you're there. Fizzleville was actually the crossroads of Hyatt. Back in the 1860s, it was a hopeful hamlet. They had a couple of general stores, a Grange Lodge, a blacksmith shop, a church, a doctor's office, and maybe half a dozen houses. Today, only a cemetery preserves that official name, so the locals must have felt no attachment to it. And I can see where they thought Fizzleville sure sounded like a lot more fun. There are two versions as to why the folks of Fizzleville wanted to belong to Fizzleville and not Hyatt. One version is that perhaps 50, 60 years ago, some farmers were sitting around the general store one winter afternoon. The store dated back to 1866, and it was a community center of sorts. Folks would stop by for a loaf of bread or a tank of gas and then take a seat on a couple of old church pews and just start shooting the breeze. The store was really the only business in town. And one day, the farmers took note of that and said, whatever the founders of Hyatt intended, it had sure fizzled out. 
Fizzleville would be a better name, they said, and everybody just started using it. Now, the more popular version of the birth of Fizzleville goes this way. The year was 1966, and a local men's bowling team joined a league that competed at some lanes near Aberdeen. That was a village to the south. They did horrible. They finished last place without a single victory to their name all season. Asked where they came from, they decided to just proudly embrace their failure. Fizzleville, they said. The next year, they called themselves the Fizzleville Five. When word got out, the families who lived in the area loved it. Now, I say families in the area. Frankly, there are probably about 200 people within 10 miles of the so-called Fizzleville Town Center. Frankly, there are probably more cows and horses in Fizzleville than people. But it caught on in a big way. Folks who didn't actually live in the imaginary Fizzleville started saying they lived in Fizzleville suburbs, North Fizzleville, or Fizzleville Heights. Then the Fizzlevillians went to work trying to win acceptance. The Hyatt General Store changed its names. The owners back then, Alan Patty Ronimus, were retired school teachers who bought the place because they didn't want the Hamlet's only physical tie to history to fall in the hands of some insensitive outsider. The store was pure Americana. It had been frozen in time. The only things that would really be out of place from when it was built in 1866 were the electric cash register and the freezer. But the Ronimuses jumped on board fast with the name change. They even started selling bumper stickers that said, I blinked and missed Fizzleville, USA, and hats that said Fizzleville Boosters. The store owner's wife started printing off a one-page newspaper, the Fizzleville Times, announcing weddings and birth dates, sprinkling in Bible quotes, and featuring a column about farm life. And for more than 40 years, Fizzleville fans organized the Fizzleville Festival. For at least part of the time, the fair was held on a farm owned by Phil Figgins. So, yeah, that means the farm of Phil Figgins featured the Fizzleville Fair. Say that three times real fast. Attractions included a tractor pool and a pet show. There was square dancing, a community church service, displays of garden items, and, of course, homemade ice cream, home-cooked foods, and locally canned fruits and vegetables. In 1983, the Fizzle started a campaign to get official recognition by Brown County. They wanted their town name on a map. There were news stories back then about their effort to do that, but I could find no follow-up story saying they got their way. And since I can't find Fizzleville on any map, I'm going to guess it didn't work. The Fizzleville Festival ran its course, and that charming general store, well, had burned down in 1986. The flames took it one October evening. An electrical problem was suspected, and it was mourned by the community and by outsiders 
For two years in a row, a family motorcycle group that used to come in from Dayton every summer stopped by to drop off a wreath at the vacant lot in memory of the loss. If Fizzleville had a downtown, the general store was it, and now it was gone. Still, the Fizzleville entrance sign remains along State Route 763, and Fizzlevillians are keeping the illusion alive, even in death. In the past 10 years, residents like Edward Thomas, Sue Gast, Joseph Snap, and Richard Swope were among those who named Fizzleville in their obituaries. That's it for tonight, listeners. For photos, news clippings, and more on this and every episode, hop on over to ohiomysteries.com. Also, for more shows like ours, head on over to killerpodcasts.com. We are a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. I'm Richard Serrett. Join me on Strange Planet for in-depth conversations with the world's top paranormal investigators, alien abductees, Bigfoot trackers, monster hunters, time travelers, alternative archaeologists, remote viewers, and more. As I was on the way to Area 51, I was stopping on the side of the road and just taking measurements, and I found this one spot where time slowed down by a fraction of a second. It's not supposed to do that. From the two big categories, animal mutilations and human abductions, you have to conclude that genetic material is being harvested. Well, I reached for a rifle and uh, I, I turned and looked and it was, it was already moving away and it was descending the bluff. Uh, there's no way any human could have went down it. It was probably a 75 degree angle straight down almost. On Richard Serrett's Strange Planet, we're redefining reality. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Do not go any further. Turn around. Go home.